Pastor Chris's podcast. All right. So today is Father's Day, and um, I'm thankful for my father and for the ways that he helped me as I was growing up, but I'm thankful also for other people who were like fathers, like a father in my life, and I'm thankful for my, my grandpa, who was uh, a wonderful Christian man, and um, I remember my grandpa, he, he was in that greatest generation, and uh, he told me a, a story one time of you know, he fought in World War II. Now, he was a, what they called an engineer in World War II, which meant that he, he was one of the soldiers that did a lot of the building and the repairing while all the fighting was going on. And he told, I asked him once, I said, did, they, did you ever get shot at? He said, oh, yes, many times. He said, one, he told me a story. One time he was out, him and a group of soldiers were out, and they were building a bridge. And while they were building this bridge, they were shooting at, the German soldiers were shooting at them, and they could hear the, the bullets whizzing by and ricocheting all around them, you know. And um, I, I think about um, being out there, you know, Tanya, at your house and working on the porch, you know, and we're, we're building that porch, and we're trying to make sure everything's level and all the measurements are right, and we're concentrating. And, and I'm thinking about how it would be if we were trying to do all that while there were soldiers shooting at us trying to kill us. Wow, what a brave, brave generation of men that was um, that, that went through that. I'm thankful for my grandfather for that. Would you bow your head with me and pray for me as I pray for you as we prepare to hear a word from the Lord? Gracious Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be worthy and pleasing in your sight. Through Christ Jesus our Lord we pray. Amen. So as we're getting ready for Vacation Bible School, which is July 12th through the 16th, we've been studying the themes from the, the, the passages for each day of Vacation Bible School. The title of VBS this year is Rocky Railway, and the theme is Jesus' Power Pulls Us Through. Say that with me. Jesus' Power Pulls Us Through. And so far we've learned that Jesus' Power helps us to do hard things, and Jesus' power gives us hope. And today we learn that Jesus' power helps us be bold. Jesus' power helps us be bold. Say that with me. Jesus' power helps us be bold. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, it says, He gives, us, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. One of the things about the New Testament church that always impresses me is their boldness. There were only a small number of Christians when the New Testament was written, and, and people thought that they were all crazy because they thought that they believed in a man who was dead. They believed that a dead man was alive, and, and the ruling powers wanted to silence Christians and just get rid of them. And everybody around in society that wasn't a Christian just thought that they were crazy and that they were always causing problems and, and they just wanted them to go away. The world around them was a very dark place. It was full of evil and sin. You have to understand that many of the, the principles of love and compassion and kindness that we experience in our world that we just take for granted, they didn't exist at that time because those are all principles that Christianity helped to 
infiltrate into our world over the last 2,000 years. That was not always the case, and it certainly was not the way people were in Jesus' day. But those early Christians were not intimidated by the evil that they saw around them in the world, because Jesus' power helped them to be bold. A perfect example is in the third and fourth chapter of the book of Acts. I'm not going to read all of the, uh, the, both of those chapters to you. It would take a long time, but I will just summarize it for you. Peter and John were on their way to the temple for a prayer service. Now, there's a, a clue for you right there. Okay, so if you look around at the world around you and you think that things are not going the way you want them to or things are not going the way you think they should, if there's a lot of darkness in the world... Understand what the disciples did when everyone around them didn't believe like them and didn't live like them, and there was darkness all around. They went to the temple for a prayer service. They were engaging in prayer, and that's what we need to do too. If you look around at the world and you're not happy with what you see, we need to be in prayer. It's, it's vital. One way... On the way, excuse me, on the way to the temple for that prayer service, they saw a crippled beggar who was asking for money. Now, Peter and John were Christians. And at that time, they didn't have any power, any, flu, any influence, and they really didn't have any wealth. They didn't have any money to give to the beggar. But they looked at him, and he expected them to give him some money, and they said instead, gold and silver we do not have but we will give you what we do have. And they grabbed the beggar by his hands and they lifted him up off of the mat and his crippled legs were miraculously healed. And there's clue number two for you. When you see a problem, the problem that you see on the surface is not necessarily the real problem. The problem that you see is not necessarily the problem. Okay, what, when, the, when people looked at this beggar, they saw the problem, he needed money. But that wasn't the real problem, was it? If you gave him money today, guess what? Tomorrow, he would have the problem again. The real problem was that his legs were crippled and that he couldn't work to earn his own living. And so when Peter and John saw him, they saw the problem, but they saw that the problem was not the real problem. And they addressed the real problem by the power of God. They healed the man's legs. Now, everyone who saw this miracle happen was immediately amazed, as you can imagine. And as they go into the temple for this prayer service, everybody sees this crippled man. is not crippled anymore. And they're, wow, they're amazed. God has performed a miracle. And the crowds start gathering around, and Peter and John see the opportunity to share the word of God. Peter begins to preach. What did he preach? Acts chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. He said, Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. This is what Peter preached. First of all, he called out their sin. He says, you killed Jesus. 
You murdered him. But he didn't call for riots. He didn't call for a revolution. He didn't call for the overthrow of the government. He called for repentance, and he offered God's forgiveness. Now, that's amazing if you think about it. Peter is looking into the eyes of the people who sentenced his Lord to death. Jesus had not done anything deserving death. It was total injustice that put Jesus on the cross. And Peter is looking into the eyes of the men who put him there. And he calls out their sin. He says, what you did was wrong. But then he says, you need to turn away from that. You need to repent of your sins, and you need to turn to God. And then he says, your sins will be wiped away. That's amazing. That he offers that grace to the very men who killed the Son of God, his Lord. And this is the Christian message. It's the message that looks beyond the problem that's on the surface and addresses the real problem, the sin that's in our heart. And it's a message that's bold, and it's a message that has changed the world for 2,000 years. But a change doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes one individual human heart can change overnight, but oftentimes the world's problems, the systems that are so ingrained in our societies, they take much longer to change. The authorities that arrested Peter, uh, the authorities that killed Jesus, arrested Peter and John and threw them in jail. And the next day, they were taken before the council and they began to speak to those men. In Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 13, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them to be men who had been with Jesus. These early Christians were bold, and, it's, and their boldness is what made them great. They were persecuted. They often had their property seized, destroyed. They were often arrested. Sometimes they were tortured or even killed. But they would not back down. They continued to preach the truth, the truth that Jesus was rejected and murdered by the authorities, but that God raised him from the dead. They called people to repent of their sin and to turn from rejecting Christ and worship Jesus as Lord. This is our heritage as Christian people. It is full of bold, brave people. It takes being bold to be great.
I believe that America is the greatest nation on the earth right now. America was made great by bold, brave people. Our nation was settled by bold, brave people who left the old world in Europe, got on a flimsy wooden sailing boat, and sailed across the Atlantic Ocean to settle in a new world that they really didn't know much about. They could have played it safe and avoided the risks and stayed in Europe, but they didn't. They were bold and they were brave. Our founding fathers who decided that it was time to be free from rule by England fought a war of independence to break free from the power of that kingdom to be a free country. They fought the most powerful army in the world at that time in order to gain that freedom. In order to do it, they had to risk their property, their standing in society, because they were now called traitors. They had to risk their life and limb, not just of themselves, but of their whole families. They did that in order to gain independence. They were bold and brave. I spoke about my grandfather being uh, in the greatest gen generation. I think about those, those people that served who stormed the beaches of Normandy against a hail of bullets to help defeat the evil of Nazi Germany. Going on those beaches... Those soldiers were bold and brave. And it was not just them, but the battle that was raging here back in the homelands as well, dealing with illnesses and dealing with shortages of supplies and, and all kinds of problems that were faced here as well. All of these people were bold and brave. And that's why we call them the greatest generation. In the 1960s, President Kennedy said, we're going to the moon. That's a risky thing to try to do. How many pilots and astronauts risked their lives? Some of them even gave their lives in the race for space so that we could be the first ones to get to the moon. They had to be bold and brave in order to do that. And it wasn't just so that we could have a flag on the moon and we could have bragging rights, but think of all of the things that we learned, all of the technology that we have today that got its start as they were trying to learn how to get to the moon. We would not have that today if they said, oh, it's too dangerous. We don't need to try that. What about those men and women at the same time, about the same time, who fought for civil rights for black people in our nation and fought to end segregation and to uh, desegregate schools, who fought to change the, the mindset that we had in our society that people were different and they shouldn't be put together. These were costly dangerous battles 
People were beaten. People were arrested. People had their property destroyed. People were even killed. But simply because they were fighting for equal rights. I'm so glad that they were bold and brave and fought for these things. Because we are better today. I am better today because of what they did. All of these struggles required people to be bold and brave. And as they were, it changed the world. And it helped to make us be great. Being bold made us great. And I still see signs of boldness today when I see my wife get up in the morning and we're drinking coffee and she's wearing her scrubs and she's getting ready to go to the hospital. How many people have you known of? I know I have known of many. They've got an injured knee or they've got some kind of fever or sickness and what do they say? I'm not going to the hospital. I'll get better on my own. Because I don't want to go to the hospital because if I go to the hospital, I might catch something while I'm there. I'll just stay home. And even though they're sick, they stay home because they're afraid to go to the hospital. Meanwhile, my wife is going to the hospital every day to work. That's bold, and that's brave. My daughter, uh, going to Taco Bell and working for minimum wage, serving hundreds if not thousands of people a day, going by, going through Taco Bell. And uh, I love what... Meg Gulledge said at her uh, valedictorian speech at Cahulla Creek Thursday night. She, she said something to the effect of, you know, we're, we are all young and we're, everybody else is staying at home and we're going out to work at restaurants and grocery stores, coming into contact with all of these people, exposing ourselves to this dangerous virus, and we don't even think about it. It's just because, and we're doing it for minimum wage, but our jobs are essential, and so we go. And that's so true. I'm so thankful that this young generation is being bold and brave. While many people are huddling at home, afraid to go out, they're going out being bold and brave. I see boldness in police officers like Mike Wilson from our church, that go out every day to serve and to protect in their community. And 99% of the police officers that are working out there in the community are good people who are doing things because they want to serve and they want to make their community safe. And they work so hard to do their very best. And, and just like when everybody else is staying at home, they're going out to the most dangerous places. And you never know, you know, nine out of ten people that a police officer might encounter is going to be safe and compliant and not going to cause any problems, but that one person that they come in contact with that decides to be combative and cause a problem, and maybe they might lose their life. They might not get to go home to their husband or their wife, but they go and they're bold, and they're brave. And especially right now, when we've seen bad cops do bad things, and everybody's upset, and everybody's angry, and all of a sudden everybody looks at cops and is suspicious, 
And these people that are going out there in this climate to try to do what's right when they've lost the respect of so many people in their community, but they do it anyway because they're bold and they're brave. Unfortunately, although I see a lot of boldness and brave, brave, bravety in our world, I, I also see a lot of fear. This virus has got us all on edge. And the word for us today is, Jesus' power helps us be bold. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 24, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. You know, if you hide in your homes for the rest of your life trying to avoid COVID-19, is that really living? That kind of living is not really living at all. Where would we be today if our ancestors never did anything but play it safe, avoid risk, stay at home where it's safe? Fear is the kind of thing that, if you're not careful, will grow and grow and grow until it takes over your whole life. You know, there's always risk. There are risks in our world today. There's risk in everything in life. Just waking up and getting out of the bed is a risk. And I can tell you, at 46, you could pull a muscle getting out of bed. That's a very real danger. But staying in bed, that's even riskier. Have you ever thought about that? I'm just going to stay in the bed. It's just safer here. Have you ever tried to stay in your bed? I mean, it feels good at first, especially if you're tired, but a little time goes by, you start getting sore. It just doesn't feel right. If you tried to stay in your bed for a week and not get out, do you know how dangerous that would be for your health, for your mental well-being, as well as your physical well-being? But when you worry and fret and you let fear control you, then you start to see a demon under every rock. You start to see death in every breath. And it paralyzes you. And it makes you its prisoner. And that's not the life God wants for his people. If my grandpa could build a bridge on the battlefield in World War II, while Germans were trying to shoot him dead, then I guess I can manage to leave my house and face whatever dangers might be out there in the world today. If Peter and John could face the council that after it arrested them and boldly tell them to, the, to their face, you murdered the Son of God and you need to repent, then I guess maybe I can tell people about Jesus today I can say something like, you aren't living right, and you need to repent. I can say something like, if you are doing something that the Word of God calls sin, you need to stop arguing about it and pretending there's nothing wrong with it, and you need to repent. We ought to be able to be bold for Jesus, and we ought to be able to look at people and say, if you're judging someone by the color of their skin and not treating them fairly simply because of 
you know what race they are, then you need to repent of that. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. All people are created by God as equal and deserve to be treated fairly. If you are a police officer that's abusing your power, you need to repent. If you're a good cop, but you see some bad things happening in your police department, you need to be bold and be willing to step up and work for change so that that doesn't happen anymore. And if you see a video of George Floyd being murdered by a police officer, and it makes you angry, and you are just torn up inside about it, and it makes you so angry that you want to throw a rock through someone's window, or you want to hate someone else, or be angry at the cops, then you need to repent. Because two wrongs doesn't make a right. If we want to make real positive change in the world, then we've got to do it, we've got to do something, but we also have to do the right something. We need to look beyond the problem that's just on the surface and look down into the real problem, which is in the human heart. And we need to address those problems with the love and the power and the grace of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins and then reached His nail-scarred hands out to us and offered us forgiveness. It said, repent and follow Me. We're going to do things different from now on. We have to be bold to do this. But there's good news. Jesus' power helps us be bold. So let's bow our heads and ask him to help us be bold. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for the life you sacrificed for us on the cross, not because we deserved it, but because we desperately needed it. Lord God, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we can be bold. Bold like so many of our ancestors before us, our fathers and grandfathers before us who, who struggled through mighty battles for the good of all. Many of them even laying down their lives so that we can have the life we have today. Help us be bold like them. Help us be bold like Peter and John who healed a man and got arrested for it. Had to stand before the ruling council and make their case. And as they did, instead of backing down, they looked them in the eye and said, what you have done is wrong. And you need to repent. Help us to be bold, Lord. Because the world that we live in, although there are many great things in it, it is still not all you want it to be. And you've called us to put our boots on the ground to make a difference. Help us to be bold to do it in the name of Christ. 
Amen.